take a deep breath, sit back and think about your brand. Think about your product. Are you communicating the way you think you are communicating? You may be thinking that you are doing everything 100% or even if you're a startup and you're trying to figure things out, take that same deep breath. Think about your business, think about your brand and are you communicating or have you created a message that resonates? If you're not sure, or even if you are sure, or maybe it's a refresh opportunity, sit back and say, how do I get that brand to resonate? Am I doing the right job? If you kind of think along those lines, then contact your great marketing person that you work with, uh, whatever that might be the case, and, have, and go through a branding exercise to recheck, to reformulate, to rethink. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, a serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just uh, go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great get or expert episode, where, and we also have another great guest, but an expert episode um, with Andy Gray, and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, messaging and branding, and we've gone into sometimes a little bit of the weeds as to how to do, whether it's SEO or social media or some of the, you know, some content creation, but we've really never st- taken a step back and talked a little bit more about how do you actually define what your messaging should be? How do you define what your brands should be? How do you, or say, how should you say things? What should you say? When should you? say them where should you say them and all those good things and a whole bunch more so we'll be having a great conversation about that and with that welcome on to the podcast andy hey thanks devin i appreciate the opportunity and i'll just tell you a really uh, quick thought process about how i think and you kind of communicated presented my got to everybody on uh, that's listening and watching it's all about what you say how you say it and can you say it in a way that resonates with whomever you're saying to? And that type of thought process is what I am so passionate about when it comes to marketing and branding. It's kind of what I build my career on, which is all about making sure that you know when you're communicating inside an organization or you're communicating to people that you want to be attracted to your products, you've got to be very consistent in your thought process. You've got to be quick to the point to get something communicated well enough so that people want to learn or read or see more about who you are and what you have to offer. And so well, what before about we dive too deep into the, the expertise, yep. and we'll absolutely will. Why don't we give the audience just a, a kind of a one or two minute kind of introduction to a little bit of who you are, why you're the expert, why you know what you're talking about and why this solution. So give us just that kind of brief introduction. Absolutely. So you know, I've built my career in advertising and marketing. I've been doing it for obviously for several decades and I have worked in the corporate world, corporate 500, Fortune 500 companies on both sides of the advertising and the, and the, uh, the business side of marketing and advertising. And, uh, and I've also built in the last uh, almost dozen years my own book of business as a entrepreneur consultant in the area of branding and marketing. And what it really comes down to is there was one point in my career path where a supervisor of mine in the ad- advertising business, where I was an account supervisor working on Nabisco cookies at the time, and in her evaluation of me, she kind of said, you know, you really get along with the marketing people, our clients, you know, all the brand people, and someday you might want to consider jumping fence and, you know, and, and, and work on the marketing side, not the advertising side. And of course, I said to her, are you suggesting that I kind of need to look 
oh, no, 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 you're fine. No, you don't need to look. But the reality is that she hit something, she hit a chord uh, mm -hmm. because I socialized more with the marketing folks than I do with the ad folks, the people that I work with every day at the agency. And so eventually I switched. I jumped the fence and I became into the world of brand marketing and worked on a number of different you know, brands in, in the area of vitamins and even the garbage business, et cetera, and, uh, and other products like that. And, it, and I really focused on making sure that we're communicating clearly. Mm -hmm. And I took the thought process. And one of the things that, that I've always thought uh, important is you got to make sure everybody's on the same page. That is a challenge as I was growing into my career to convince people of programs to pursue, you needed to really be clear in your communication and what you wanted to accomplish. So that's how I kind of built a career. And then eventually I broke out and got into the, uh, the entrepreneur side of business. No, and I think that's, a, a, it sounds like an exciting and fun career and a, a lot of twists and turns and uh, lots of things learned. So now with all of that, it's kind of an introduction, both on what we're going to talk about and, you know, a little bit about yourself. Let's dive right into it. So, I, you know, one of the main things that we chatted a little bit, even before the podcast was, you know, kind of taking a step back in the sense that oftentimes you get, you want to push out your message. You want to get it on Facebook. You want to get it on Instagram. You want to get it on Google. You want to do this. You want, you want to push it all, but you never necessarily think as much as you probably should put in time and effort on messaging and branding and kind of what the message should be, how you should say it. So if you're the kind of talking to a startup or a small business, it's just trying to figure out what their messaging should be, what their branding should be. How should they even go about starting to tackle that? What is that first step to say, here's what our brand should be. Here's what our messaging should be. How, do, how would you go about doing that? One of the things that I always talk to my clients is what's the first thing that happens when you leave a meeting? You've presented, you've communicated what it is that you had to present. You walk out, what's the first thing that most people that you presented to are going to say. They're going to talk about you. Not the first thing is about the business that you presented. They're gonna talk about the person that presented. Are you able to communicate clearly? If you get your message across, then they're going to listen to the rest of what you have to say. So when I ask clients, what is it that they need to hear? They need to hear the person speaking, or if they're reading an e-blast or if they're reading a social post, they need to see what it is that you're saying quickly enough to read the rest. Hmm. Comment that I always kind of say and uh, is, you know, the guy back in the ad business, David Ogilvy, back in the Mad Men days of advertising, before my time. Hmm. He said that on average, 80 cents out of every dollar you spent is on the headline. You can't get that correct. You can't get people to read the rest of what you're saying or writing or showing. So that's the, that's the starting point. I get asked a lot, hey, can you put me on Facebook? Well, yeah, but what's your message? What are you going to say? And how do you know it's the right message? That's where I start. So let me follow up on that because there's a couple different things that you touch on. One is kind of, and I like the idea of, you know, if you're in a meeting, one, the, what's the first thing? Well, you know, usually you walk out and say, oh, that was a boring meeting or that was a good meeting or that was interesting. But I, I, I agree with you that a lot of that is as much to do with how you present, what you present, as far as you have to get almost past that first hurdle before they even listen to the message because right. if they if you're in a monotone voice and you're or it's slow and drawn out, they're not even going to listen to the message. Right. 
Right. But how do you, so let's, let's say just for, for, you know, for an example that I'm the world's best presenter that I, you know, I, 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 I'm just, everybody is on the edge of their seat because I just have such a way about me. Then how do I start to figure out what my message should be? You know, in other words, if just for an example, I get, I get to where I can present well, how do I figure out what that message should be or how I start to convey that message? It's all within the same thought process. It's, you know, uh, I'm not, what I'm not preaching necessarily is how to be a great presenter. What I'm preaching is how to get a good message across. And so if you're communicating clearly what you, who you are. So the first thing that I always work with my clients are, is tell me about you. What makes you, you, what are your passions? What's your motivations? What makes you get going in the day? What are some of the things that you get so excited about? What are some of the things you don't like to do? Not everybody has, I've worked with a couple of clients, one who's, you know, speaking manners, you know, I have to lower the volume of my computer to listen to him because he speaks so loudly and so aggressively. And then I was working with somebody else most recently who's very quiet. So it's not a matter of style. It's a matter of getting to know who you are. And if you get to know who you are, then that's the first part of your message. You might have the great product. You can now talk about it. But if you are passionate about it, if you're excited about it, if you're motivated about it, no matter if it's a soft tone, large tone, what type, whatever, the tone doesn't make a difference. What really makes a difference is, are you communicating who you are? That's the first part of branding. Mm. Now, you know, another example that I always use is, okay, well, you go to a Starbucks, they're, they're you know, it, Starbucks is the message. You're going to Starbucks because you want a relaxing coffee environment. You want that, the, the taste of the Starbucks coffee, but people are behind that message. People have created that message so that people at the store are now communicating that message through the, the work that they do, the product they serve, the environment they present. It's all part of that messaging that starts at the beginning. So it doesn't have to be you or I talking to somebody. It could be a brand talking to you. Mm. No, and I think that, that that definitely makes sense. So so now, you know, kind of diving into a, a bit of the, you know, kind of how, what, when, why, and those type of things. It's one takeaway, it sounds like, and, and correct me definitely where where I'm wrong, is that first of all, you kind of need to do, figure out what you're passionate about, what or what you what excites you, and then how to convey that in a message. Now, so let's say you kind of figure out how to say that, then, you know, what, do, what are the words or how do you figure out? So you figure out what you're passionate about. Now, how do you find the words to say it or the imagery to say it and where to say it and when to say it? Who's your customer? What is it about your customer? Why would they become interested? Why are they interested in your products? Why could they be interested in what you have to say? Really understanding the customer's buying journey. When you and I go buy a laptop at an electronics store, we go in, what have we done already? We have done our own research. We've Googled it to no end. We read reviews on one laptop versus another top. Then we go into the store and maybe we talk to a salesperson or maybe we're on our phone looking for more research information. So understanding that journey I'm coming in, I think, well-prepared to make a decision, but you know, but maybe I need a salesperson to kind of egg me on. Mm -hmm. Same thing with you know, a brand, whether it's Starbucks or Coca-Cola or whatever it might be, it's what helps me to understand 
the consumer side of things. Why do I make a decision? How do I make a decision? Understanding how that happens, making sure you choose the words that they need to hear. Think of the example you and I talked about before of getting together now was, okay, I need to make it, I need to drill something. I need a three quarter inch drill. I'm not looking for the brand. I'm looking for the benefit of the brand. Oh, that brand will allow me, that drill is going to make a perfect three quarter inch drill. That's what I'm looking for. Understanding those words, understanding the consumer, the customer, how that decision process goes, helps you to then know what it is that you need to say. No, I think that definitely makes sense. And I think that too often we almost are focus on the what, hey, we sell drill bits. And, and I like that example because you're saying, okay, we sell drill bits. Everybody sells drill bits. And if all you do is say, we sell drill bits, you're going you're gonna to be the exact same as everybody else. You're going to become a commodity and your message isn't going to stand right. out. But if you can convey, hey, no, this helps you to drill a, or drill the hole that you want to drill and it helps you to get through the material you want to get through. And it does it, it works well with your products or your drill bits such that it's going to be a good experience and start to convey kind of more of what they need or what they're looking for right. as a opposed to just the product, I think that definitely resonates better with customers. Mm -hmm. Yep. So now one, one question I often get is, is you know, as, especially as a startup or a small business, sometimes I, they don't know, or at least they don't, they don't think they know, right? In the sense that they're saying, I don't, you know, I, I know what my product is. I know why I'm passionate. I won't know why I'm excited, but I don't know if I exactly know my customer. I know my client, or I don't know exactly what that experience will be. I don't know how, how do you go about kind of figuring that out so that you can better craft your message to the customer? If you're not exactly, if you're early enough stage that you don't exactly know what that experience should be or what the customer is. It's a competitive analysis. Uh, you know, some of the basic principles of marketing is knowing the marketplace that you're in, the gaps that exist in the marketplace, and whether or not or how your product or idea or service fits into that gap or solves a problem in that particular marketplace. Part of that process is knowing what's out there, knowing the different brands that are out there, the different company, you know, that your competitive frame, your, your, you know, the different competitors that are out there understanding how they communicate, what their products and services are, how do they present themselves, understanding all of their pluses or minuses based on how you're evaluating them helps you to understand potentially where you fit. Mm -hmm. I've also been asked, okay, well, what if there's no competition? Well, there's always competition. The number one competitor is the consumer because if there's nothing out there specifically for what you have to offer, you still have to convince the customer, the consumer, to buy your product. So there's competition because that person's frame of mind is somewhere else. So understanding that thought process, and you can conduct that through you know, online research, you can conduct that through primary research, you know, focus groups, or quantitative research, or sometimes what I suggest to clients is, okay, here are, you know, give me a list of five customers who you like, who do business with you, Give me a list of five customers who don't do business with you, turned you, turned you away, and let's talk to them or let, let somebody talk to them because you can't talk to them as the owner of the business because they're not going to tell you exactly 100% of everything because they don't want to hurt your feelings. That's, that's usual what happens in research. But if you get a third person to contact these customers, you're going to find out information about why they like you or they like you, but not, they don't like you a lot. They love you. You didn't realize they loved you. Or here's why three or four people didn't choose you. Maybe it's price, maybe it's value, or I like 
what the other company that I chose better? Well, why do you like them? So you, if you kind of do that type of customer research, understanding that decision process and how they went about it, all that information bakes, you know, it's sort of like that puzzle. You start to put the pieces together. No, and I like that. And I, you know, I kind of would clump in if you have a business owner, first of all, most business owners tend to get defensive if they get bad feedback, they want to argue with them rather than hearing the feedback. So it's always better to get a third party. And also talk to customers, because if you ever talk to family or friends or anybody else, they're going to be too nice to tell you, or they're going to be way too critical. And either way, it's not that helpful. One question I didn't necessarily intend to ask, but it raised as you're talking through is, you know, what I would have thought about if I was a startup or small business, is I don't know if I have money to go hire a formal, you know, study. I don't have, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, resources to go hire third party, fly people in, do lots of surveys, do market testing, you know, I would love to, but I don't have the money. So kind of if you're looking for, I guess, for lack of a better word, a budget friendly or way to approach that and say, okay, I can't do it myself. Should you have an employee do it? Should you ask a friend to do it? Or how how do you go about on, you know, maybe on a bit more of a shoestring budget, or if you can't have a formalistic third party that does the surveying, how do you start to at least get an idea? Well, a lot of it can be done. And I obviously, we both deal with a lot of startups and, and a lot of small businesses that obviously don't have the same type of budgets. And, and any of the things that I've talked about can be managed relatively efficiently. But under those type of conditions, what I have done with clients is I've been the one who's called a couple of customers to kind of talk as part of the service that, uh, that I offer. Or you spend time really analyzing what people are doing on Facebook, what people are doing on, uh, on, on Twitter, what people are doing on Instagram, what people are doing in their website, what are their websites, what are they talking about? You can discern a lot of information, you can identify the key words that other customers, other competitors are using and adopt those types of thought processes to the work that you're doing without having to spend a lot of dollars on the consumer or market research side and still feel comfortable enough that you have something to start to work with. The other part, and you probably heard this from many other people, A-B testing. You should be testing and, and A-B testing is testing one idea against the other, making sure that it's, it's a singular idea that you're testing. It could be the body copy versus another body or another art design, or it could be the headline testing, et cetera. Doing that type of testing can also give you information to help you efficiently manage how you go about the whole process of marketing without having to spend a lot of dollars. No, and I, and I love the idea of A-B testing. And I think that sometimes you just, you know, temptation is you find what works and then you stop testing it or you find something that wor- kind of works, but you never really know if it's working well, if it's resonating or it's just working well enough that it convinces some people to do sales. So I always love the idea of continuing to A-B test, figuring out how to optimize it, how to make it better and how to adjust it because that can have a bigger impact. And as soon as you stop testing, you don't know if there, if it can resonate or if it would be better because right. you've stopped and, and that type of a thing. I remember one time, not to interrupt you, but I mean, it's just a story I like to tell people in terms of how to kind of understand to do it efficiently. Uh, I was working, you know, years ago, trying to convince an organization, uh, you know, looking at email marketing as an example. And they weren't, you know, the CIO of that company wasn't really uh, supporting it. So I sat down with him. And in the course of it, I said, open up your email. Of course, he had it open. I said, well, is there any of those types of what you call spam emails that you open? Well, I opened this one. 
Oh, okay. Why'd you open it? I like the headline. Oh, okay. Any of those blue things, you know, you call them hyperlinks? Of course, he laughed because I know what hyperlinks are. But yeah, I didn't, you know, I clicked there. Oh, okay. Did a sales guy call? Did anybody call from that company? No. But you know what? Now that you've asked me, I opened up this other email. And five minutes after I clicked the link, I got a call. And he stopped. And he realized, A-B testing, what companies do to get you to understand what they have to offer. There's a headline that the guy liked. There was a link that was he was interested in. And that's how you learn. Mm. And that became a supporter of my program too. No, and I, and I think that's great. Because I mean, I, I like the idea of, you know, almost like, why did you open this one? Why did you not open this one? Why did you click this? Why did you not click this? Why did you accept a call from the one and not even get a call from the other guy? And if you never tested, you would never know. So I, I think that's yeah. a, a great, great message. And I think that goes along with my next question is, is one of the things I think we chatted a bit before is, you know, making sure your message is clear. And I think that that's oftentimes easier said than done, because a lot of times, you know, at least when I've worked with a lot of startups and small businesses, you have a lot of things that you're excited about to tell your message. You have, you know, all these features, all of these different things that differentiate you, that make you better, that you're excited about, that you do internally, a lot of which your audience or your customers don't necessarily, they care in the sense that they get a good experience, but they don't necessarily don't need to tell them everything behind the scenes. So how do you make a kind of a clear and concise message such that it conveys the information that you do need while leaving out the information they don't? And I guess some of that's A-B testing, but how do you even decide, you know, how do you start to figure out what information to clearly convey and how do you make that consistent so that it, it comes across as this is why you should come or work with us? And that's a great question. And it's uh, one of the many uh, challenges that you that, that you kind of deal with on a day in and day out basis. And, you know, if you go through a branding program and you know what it is that you, uh, you know, communicate or what your products and features are all about, you've created keywords and key messages. You, you have what's called the value proposition, which is Marketing 101, what is it about your product or service that, that makes a difference in the marketplace, you know, et cetera. But you also have underneath all of that keywords and key messages that can be used to communicate your story as long as that story that you're communicating is what the customer needs to hear. So depending upon your product or service, you may have a customer group, let's say customer group A over here and a customer group B over here and what they're looking for on this side may be slightly different than on this side, but your key messages are consistent. Who you are as a brand is consistent. You may go to Starbucks because you like their coffee. I may go to Starbucks because, well, pre-COVID, I liked sit, sitting in this store where I could do, or I could work remotely type of thing. Depending upon what's important to me, is the, the, is the message that I end up hearing. And either case, I'm hearing that message. So it's knowing who that target audience is, knowing that you've got an overall brand message that you're communicating, and any of the words that you've identified or any of the phrases you've identified as key thoughts or key messages become how, becomes how you end up communicating and how you end up choreographing how you're talking to whomever you're talking to. No, and I, I like that. And I think that definitely has a lot of insight to it. 
Well, we're starting to wrap up towards the end of the podcast, and there's always so many more things that I want to talk about than we ever have time to talk. But one thing I always like to do is that, or end the podcast with the expert episode with one question, which is, you know, there's a lot of things that we chatted through, a lot of things that businesses could be doing, should be doing, and, you know, it can sometimes be overwhelming. They can say, man, there's just so many things, and I should get going on 20 different areas, and they can't because they don't have enough time. So if they were to only take away one thing, meaning if they could only get started on one thing that was an actionable item, say they could get started today doing something to improve their branding, improve their messaging and make it a better, what would that one takeaway be? What's the one thing, if nothing else, that they should start doing? Take a deep breath, sit back and think about your brand. Think about your product. Are you communicating the way you think you are communicating? You may be thinking that you are doing everything 100%, or even if you're a startup and you're trying to figure things out, take that same deep breath. Think about your business. Think about your brand. And are you communicating or have you created a message that resonates? If you're not sure, or even if you are sure, or maybe it's a refresh opportunity, sit back and say, how do I get that brand to resonate? Am I doing the right job? If you kind of think along those lines, then contact your great marketing person that you work with, uh, whatever that might be the case, and and go through a branding exercise to recheck, to reformulate, to rethink. No, I think that's great. And I like the the simpleness. If I were to take away nothing is take a breath and then think about your brand and think about your messaging because too often you just want to get it in the, or we've already got it. We're just going to keep going and you go, go, go. And you never really take that time to actually think about the process, think about the messaging, think about how the customers receive it. And if you take a step back and think about it, you're probably going to find things that need to be done clear need to be done better. You'd like to say differently and that would be worded better. So I think that's, yeah. that's a great message. Well, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to, they want to be a customer, a client, they want to hire you, they want to be an employee of yours, they want to invest in your business, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out, find out more? Okay, I'm going to give you my email address and I'll give you my phone number. My email address is andy at inunitysm.com. That's I-N-U-N-I-T-Y-S-M.com. In unity. And I kind of created that name because of the thought process of getting everybody on the same page, getting everybody in unity together. That's how I came up with that name at two and two o'clock in the morning one night. Uh, so Andy at inunitysm.com or my phone number 954-684-7798. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all the expertise you've shared, all the in- knowledge and information. Definitely been a wealth of, of, of learning on my end. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you'd like, if you have your, either your own expertise to share or you have your own journey to share, feel free to apply to be on the podcast and just go to inventiveguest.com. We'd love to hear your story or share your expertise. Two more things as a listener. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. Two, if you can leave us a review so everybody else can find out about all the awesome episodes. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. Thank you again, Andy. It's been it's a fun. It's been a pleasure. And wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. I appreciate it, Devin. This was really fun. I appreciate you inviting me on. This was really good. I thank you for the time. Absolutely. Absolutely.